Everybody and welcome to it. Happy, happy Monday to you. As happy as your Mondays can be. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 16th of May, 2022. Monday. We survived. The, it's a wet weekend here. Um, next weekend is Quinn's birthday. And we're hoping that it will not be uh, a wet weekend so we can have some kids over, some friends over. Well, we're going to have some friends over, uh, but let them outside. Want the kids outside, <laughs> just because kids destroy. And so, if the weather's nice, they can go out into the backyard and destroy crabgrass and dandelions and worms. Fascinated with worms. Anyway, I hope your weekend was great. Thanks to everybody for listening to the uh, weekend F and review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. At the end of this program, we'll announce the winner of the. Autograph. It's an autograph. This is either an autographed book or an autographed book plate. You'll have to tune in at the end of the program to see which one was won and which one will be up for grabs again this week. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. All right, let's, let's uh, dispense with the business and start with the business of the show. There is a lot going on in the world, as you are well aware, and it's really just kind of... I want to start off with this sad news out of Baltimore on Friday morning, late Friday morning. And you sit there and you go, how can this be? What's wrong? And I know I get, I've get i got a bunch of emails about people who are like, I'm sick of hearing about abortion. What else is going on? Well, it was the biggest story of the week. So you got to kind of do that. But there was a uh, pregnant woman shot dead in Baltimore. And the uh, authorities, the people at Johns Hopkins, the amazing, amazing doctors, medical professionals over at Hopkins were able to save the baby so far, let's hope. But you're sitting there and you think, what the hell's wrong with this country? What the hell's wrong with this city? And Baltimore is a prime example of it. And it, frankly, you ask yourself what the hell's wrong with Democrats because they're cheering. They should be cheering these these medical professionals saving this life. But they should also recognize that if they had their way, would they be saving this life? Like, honestly, if you think about it, if you think about what these people are doing and what these people are pushing, the infant, the child, is newborn baby, was still in the womb, not considered a person. Not considered a person. And here they are saving this life. Now, if the fetus is viable, if the baby is viable outside the womb, what is the justification for it? For killing it? For convenience sake? That's the question, isn't it? Story from the Baltimore Sun. A pregnant woman and man were shot to death Thursday night in what police commissioner Michael Harrison is calling a brazen, deliberate, and cowardly killing. The victim, 38-year-old pregnant woman and a man, were shot while sitting in their car at the 300 block of East 23rd Street in East Baltimore, according to Baltimore police. 
Both were taken to Johns Hopkins Hospital where they died. The woman's baby was delivered before she died and is in critical condition because of the emergency surgery, Harrison said. Just without going off on this too long, and I don't want to really get into this, but if if Democrats had their way, this woman would have been, if she weren't murdered in Murder City, would have been able to abort the child. And they'd have no qualms about it. That just to illustrate how obscene and absurd and extreme the left's opinions are. Even if you're, most people who are pro-choice are pro-choice, are pro-make-up-your-mind already, you know? All right, you've got four months, make up your mind already. Let's do this thing. In this case, I think just illustrates it. It is uh, it's a testament to just how far we've come in the medical profession and a testament to how far we've fallen as a society that uh, people are just shot sitting in their car. Who knows? Maybe one of them had made somebody else mad. But this is the world that we live in. Democrat control, absolute Democrat control, generational Democrat control leads to, led to this. And the next election, they'll elect more Democrats in Baltimore. Why? Because that's what they do. That's how it works. Stick with what doesn't work. The brainwashing uh, by the Democratic Party of a population that is destroying itself. Destroying itself. is amazing. Destroying itself because of failed liberal policies, government promises sunshine and cool breezes and delivers nothing but horrible, horrible despair, depressing despair, depressing economy, crime through the roof. And somehow these Democrats and the Democrats in the state managed to do what? They managed to blame a party that hasn't had power in the city for about 70 years and a party that hasn't really had power in the state for about the same time. Oh, yeah, there have been occasional Republican governors here and there, but I'm talking about control. There's a Republican governor right now, as much as you can call Larry Hogan a Republican, but every veto he he signs in the bill is the left tries to ram through ridiculous idea upon ridiculous idea. They just simply, they have super majorities. They just override the vetoes because Larry Hogan was very popular himself, but did nothing to help any other Republicans because why would he? So to say that this is somehow Republicans' fault, you can hear some of the people in in Baltimore, it's kind of funny, some of the old politicians in Baltimore, grousing, whining, and complaining about what? They would complain about Reagan. Oh, Ronald Reagan really ruined this. Ronald Reagan didn't ruin this. Ronald Reagan didn't get that couple shot. All right? You want to argue about what Reagan policies did back in the 80s, you can argue what Reagan policies did back in the 80s. But when Reagan came into office, the city was a hole. The city was in dire straits. The inner harbor was a joke, was nothing. And it started to change, started to get better. And it had some good years. And then it backslid. You know, blame Trump for the backsliding now. 
It's always the captain of the ship. But these captains, they don't want to go down with the ship. They just want to sit on the docks and watch the ship go down. It's really <sighs> disturbing. What else is disturbing? Like I said, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on that, but I had to acknowledge it. Because um, we don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know why it happened yet. We just hope that the baby lives. But if that baby lives, what kind of a world will that baby live in? It will live in a world where a large percentage of the population is really convinced that the world is going to end. In, but depending on how doomsday occulty you really are on the left, it's between 8 and 30 years. All life on Earth will be gone because of climate change. They're that dumb. They're that paranoid, whatever it is. And uh, the world that, that they will live in if the Democrats get their way will be significantly worse, dangerous, stupid, significantly dumber than what we are right now, as evidenced by this story from Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren. If there, a, there, there are dumber people, of course, in government. Maisie Hirono exists. Eric Swalwell exists. But there are few bigger phonies. Now, there are a lot of phonies in government, lots of rich. Joe Biden is a big phony, filthy rich, lies about his upbringing, lies about his entire life. You name it, he's lied about it. But Elizabeth Warren is a fraud in every way, shape or form. She is an incredibly wealthy woman who has amassed a good chunk of that wealth because of her various positions in uh, in government and in academia. And she got her positions in academia by pretending to be a Native American. Focahontas. Focahontas. She is so white that her camouflage in a snowstorm is nudity. Yet she got jobs, including a job at Harvard, claiming to be a Native American, where they proudly listed her as a new member of the minority staff, Native American. She was lying. She's a fraud. But she's still out there because the people of Massachusetts reelect her because I don't know. I don't know. You gotta wonder again, the people in Baltimore keep electing Democrats. I mean what what do you expect? There's a definition of insanity that is you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. You keep sending these lunatics to Washington and uh things don't get any better. Why do you think that might be? Bloomberg reports Senator Elizabeth Warren wants companies to disclose their rationale for charging more for their products and empowering federal regulators to go after companies ranging from oil producers to food sellers that have sharply increased prices. Price controls by threat. Price controls have never worked. You impose price controls, you create artificial shortages. Because why would anybody? If the cost of production goes up, you cannot pass that cost on to consumers. There will come a point, people already operate on pretty slim margins, there will come a point when the company says, we, we can't afford, we're not going to make this anymore. Because of your price control regime, we would have to sell it at a loss. And so it goes out of business. It goes out of existence. Price controls have failed everywhere they've been tried, every time they've been tried, yet they keep trying, these leftists. It really is this philosophy of, well, you know, 
communism, socialism, fascism, they've, they've failed everywhere they've been tried. They've been miserable. Oh, my goodness, it's just terrible. But they only failed because I didn't try them. It was never, you meet these lunatics, true communism has never been tried. The communist that I knew when I was in, in college, um, who drove the bus in the city of Detroit, it was, if they had followed, the problem with the Soviet Union, the reason the Soviet Union collapsed was not because communism was untenable, because communism is a failed idea, it's a bad idea. No, 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 no. Stalin was corrupt and the whole system was corrupt. They should have followed Trotsky and not Stalin. That was really the real problem. You can always, if you're willing to deny reality, you can come up with an excuse for anything, anything in the world. And that's what these people do. No, no, no. True communism's never been tried. Never been. Well, I guess theoretically, technically, in the most technical sense, I suppose. But um, there's a reason for that. It's a little thing called human nature makes it difficult to try true communism. People want to be free, okay? People enjoy being free. I know you liberals don't. So many liberals, liberal leadership, the progressive wing, they, they are free. They want the power to control other people, but they're not willing to be controlled themselves. Anyway, back to this Elizabeth Warren story. Legislation she's drafted, obtained by Bloomberg News, would allow the Federal Trade Commission and state attorneys general more leeway to investigate sellers that charge excessive prices. The legislation also clarifies that price gouging anywhere in the supply chain is illegal. Now, you notice the terminology there. Excessive. What is excessive? Price gouging. What constitutes price gouging? If you were just living in a bubble and you looked at the price of gasoline over the course of the last year, you would definitely think they're price gouging because it's more than doubled. My God. But then you look at the facts of the matter, you look at the oil shortages, you look at the restrictions that government, our government, is placing on the oil industry, and it begins to make sense. Warren's bill is being introduced as consumer prices have uh, been rising at the fastest rate in decades, with inflation becoming the top concern of voters. Democrats in Congress are seeking ways to tame price hikes ahead of the November midterm elections. You see, this line there gives away the game. Gives away the game. They're trying to find a way to curb prices or at least appear to project that they care about such things so that voters might think, well, Democrats are trying to do something about this before the midterms. Price controls are disastrous, but if you were to impose them, they're not, this isn't going to become law because the Republicans will block it, thank God. And I think some Democrats would look at this and, and recoil in horror too. But if this were to become law, you'd get short-term victory, very short-term victory, as what was already made would be sold at whatever price it is. You People would go, oh, great. Now uh, they either had to roll back the price, depending on where the government set these prices, or they haven't gone up like everything else has gone up. But sooner or later, the existing supply would go out and the replenished supply would be produced under the new we've got to increase prices or operate at a loss scheme, at which point either ingredients, components, parts, whatever it is, 
would start to become scarce, making the manufacture of whatever it is impossible, or the manufacture of itself, whatever it is, would become too expensive to do, and you'd be operating at a loss, at which point the company would stop. At which point the black market would kick in, and the secondary market would kick in, if you need a widget, and manufacturing widgets became too expensive, or impossible if it became, you know, you're going to make a widget at a loss rather than a gain. I'm not going to make widgets anymore. Well, all the people who already have widgets have something that is in demand. People want widgets, being the hypothetical thing that it is. People want widgets. And so if you go to eBay and say, well, a new widget costs $100, but uh, tell you what, I'll sell you my widget. It's a perfectly good widget. So it's you for $500. I know you need a widget. I, I have a use for a widget, but not that great of a use for a widget. I can have a widget workaround. So I'll sell you my widget for $500. You see how the market becomes bastardized. People are still paying more than they should, or they're going without. A prime example of this, by the way, and it's amazing to me how this isn't used more often by people who write about economics. The PlayStation 5, I think I think we're up to PlayStation 5, because I think I have a PlayStation 4. I haven't played it in years, but I, I think that's the one I have. Um, it's the one before the current one. But the, uh, the PlayStation 5 came out two years ago. Two years ago. You can't find one in a store still. You can't find one. It's supposed to be, uh, I think they're... $399 and $499, depending on which two versions. You don't need to know that, but whichever version you want, one with a built-in hard drive or one without a built-in a disk drive or one where you just play streaming or whatever. You can't find them in the store, either one of them. You can find them on eBay. You can even find them on Amazon and you can find them on Walmart and Target's website, I believe, but they're sold by second-hand non-target Walmart vendors for about twice the price. (laughs) About twice the price. Now, video game consoles are not a necessity in life, but it's telling about supply chain issues, government screwing up the supply chain, and the real-world impact on people, a 100% increase. Now, it doesn't count really towards inflation because they're all sold secondhand or secondary markets or whatever. But when they do show up at a Target or a Walmart, somebody's always there to buy them all because you can sell them for a fortune on the secondary market. That's part of the, uh, the black market, which would really grow if you institute price controls. And so while you've got uh, Elizabeth Warren going after the concept of Price controls, wanting price control, and more dangerous, empowering government bureaucrats and ambitious politicians across the country to decide what is and isn't price gouging and what is and isn't acceptable. You got Nancy Pelosi over in the House of Representatives doing a similar thing when it comes to gas prices. This is amazing how this stuff works. You can tell how desperate and how scared and frankly terrified Democrats are when you're dealing with they have no solution this is what you got this is what panicked people do this is what panicked people do when they well we need to um we need to maybe institute price controls and 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 have price gouging hearings and things they're not having a hearing on the uh the baby formula shortage for at least a week it tells you democrats it's not really a priority for them but 
gas prices impact more people and impact them directly and really, really, you're going to lose. Look, if you're married and having kids, you're probably not, you're more inclined to vote for a Republican than a Democrat. But everybody drives, right? If you're if you're single and having abortions, or if you're just single in general and terrified of getting pregnant, you're probably more inclined to vote Democrat. But everybody drives. So the Hill newspaper report, and this is where uh, they lose their mind. Hill newspaper speaker Nancy Pelosi on Thursday went after the nation's largest oil companies, accusing the industry of exploiting customers. With sky-high gas prices, even as the same companies are recording record profits this year. Record revenues. The leap in prices at the pump, part of the larger inflationary spike affecting a host of consumer goods, has dogged President Biden and his Democratic allies on Capitol Hill, who are scrambling for ways to reverse the trend ahead of November's midterm elections. There's one simple way to do it. There is one simple foolproof, and Democrats being the fool, even they couldn't screw it up, foolproof way to go about lowering the cost of gasoline, the cost of oil in general. That would be more production. But instead, they're saying, well, don't worry, we're, tra- we're using this as an opportunity to transition, transition to clean, renewable energies that are at, a, at best provided they find a way to make them work somehow, make them reliable somehow, are at best 10 years away. So all you got to do is uh, keep taking it in the keister from these Democrats and then keep eating this inflation for 10 years. Just 10, 10 years. You can do that, right? The country survived four years of Jimmy Carter. They can, afford, they can survive that again. And oh, Come on, man. It really is amazing. Sponsored, uh, let's see, as part of the effort, House Democrats will vote next week on legislation empowering the Biden administration to issue an emergency declaration barring oil companies from setting gas and home energy prices deemed to be unconscionably excessive or indicative uh, that the, quote, seller is exploiting the circumstances related to an energy emergency to increase prices unreasonably. What do those things mean? They don't mean anything. Or they mean everything. They mean whatever it happens to be, whatever happens to be convenient for a politician at a given moment. Can you imagine introducing a piece of legislation that gave the President of the United States the power to control the prices of gasoline or at least investigate these companies? The threat sounds like a bill of attainder to me, which is a very specific targeted bill after people who don't who might not do your bidding. You can't raise taxes on an individual because, you know, it's, you can't use the power of government to target an individual like that legislatively. But it is amazing. Sponsored by Representative Ken Schreier, Democrat of Washington, and Katie Porter, Democrat of California, both of whom are facing competitive re-election contests. Hey, there you go. The proposal would grant new authority to both the Federal Trade Commission and state attorneys general to scrutinize the methods by which fuel prices are set. Companies found to violate the emergency order would be subject to civil penalties. 
You're noticing a complete lack of specifics here other than, oh, you've raised it too much. Well, how much is too much? It just doesn't matter. You've raised it too much. And I guarantee you what will happen as gas prices remain high, because this will do nothing to put downward pressure on the cost of gasoline. It will do nothing to impact the market in a positive way. Things will get worse. Things will get much worse. And uh, this is our government. They do, now, this isn't going to become law, ladies and gentlemen. The Democrats don't have the votes in the United States Senate. And there might, it's doubtful that it wouldn't pass the House. I think it would pass the House because the Democrats in there are crazy. But it's possible that some Democrats in the House would go, you know what, this is, this is stupid and this is crazy. Maybe one or two. Not many. Think of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. Can you think of a single one of them who look at an oil situation like we have now and said, well, if we increase production, that will put downward pressure on the, uh, the price and that will help solve the problem. No, there isn't one of them. There isn't one of them. It really is amazing how, <laughs> how they do this, how they can do this. This is for show, ladies and gentlemen. It won't become law. If it did become law, it would make things worse. So the Democrats who are touting it, I can't believe, would actually want this to become law. But what they really want is to get their voters thinking this could become law. That they're fighting to make it law. And that if it were law, it would make things better. When in fact it would make things worse. The problem by and large, with inflation, with the uh, price of gasoline, the price of food, the price of everything, is government failure. Big government failure. This administration came in and, uh, you know, you, you walk into a room and everything is, is neatly set up, right? Neatly set up. And you come in and you start breaking stuff. You start knocking stuff over. You stumble in and you tip over a table. You break some vases. You do whatever. Why would you do that? Well, you do that if you're a drunk douchebag, or you do that if you simply ran on not being the guy before you. That's what Joe Biden ran on. I'm not Donald Trump. I'm not Donald Trump. Democrats so hate Donald Trump and so hated Donald Trump that anything Donald Trump was doing, anything Donald Trump did, no matter how effective, no matter how good, no matter how beneficial to the country, it had to be destroyed. Remain in Mexico was an incredibly smart and brilliant policy that helped stop the hemorrhaging at the southern border. It didn't deny anybody anything. It just said, you can't come into this country. We'll hear your case, but you got to stay in Mexico till we hear your case. And that discouraged a lot of people because a lot of people trying to come into the country illegally or even trying to claim asylum, knew their garbage cases, knew that their cases were absolute garbage. They did not have a case to make. They were coming here because they wanted a better financial life. That's not a reason to get asylum. That's not how the world works. It's not how the law works, but it doesn't matter. When they had to wait in Mexico, they knew that at the end of the day, no matter how long they waited in Mexico, when they got to 
their trial to their hearing or whatever, that they were not going to make the cut. They didn't have a, a case. So what did they do? They went home or they didn't come in the first place. Joe Biden comes in and ends remain in Mexico for no good reason whatsoever. And the increase, the crushing increase of illegal aliens picked up, picked up pace because Joe Biden is the only person dumb enough to not have known that that would happen or Democrats were the only people dumb enough to not be aware that that would happen. So unbelievable. Everything they do, they come in. Oh, my God, we're, we got the Keystone Pipeline. Well, Donald Trump liked that. We don't like that. Let's kill it. First thing. First thing he did as president was kill the Keystone Pipeline. The sucker would have probably been built by now. Oil would have been flowing through it. We'd have been refining it down in New Orleans. And what would the impact have been on the price of gasoline? Hmm? Democrats don't care. Democrats don't want you to think about that. Period. End of story. Ending all the oil and gas leases that they've ended. Ending actual gas leases and oil leases in Alaska just the other day that were actual, real, literal, legit places where there is oil and gas to be mined. Not Nope. President the day before, well, there's oil and gas companies are not using 9,000 leases. If somebody gives you a lease for a plot of land to drill, there's no guarantee there's actual oil on it. Just gives you the right that you bought to go and look and see if there's oil on it. Also, some places are logistically impossible to drill for oil. But the government granted a lease there. Why? Because show. It's for show. This is for show, too. They want people to think they're doing something. Oh, they're doing something. For a politician, particularly a wildly unpopular politician, on the verge of having their rear end handed to them by the voting public, the last, the first thing, the only thing you want to be seen as doing is doing something. You need to be seen as doing something. If it's never going to happen, it doesn't really matter if it would have been effective or not. You just have to be able to claim it. Look, I know this would have taken care of. Republicans are blocking this. This would have saved the problem. You can rely on the economic illiteracy of a large swath of the American public, unfortunately. You really can. But this would be a disaster. I'd like to think the Democrats wouldn't do this if they thought it could become law. But then again, considering what they do do that does become law that they do fight for, I can't guarantee it. All I know is that many of them can comfortably know that this isn't going to become law. And so they can campaign hard on it. If Republicans cannot campaign against something like this, something this stupid, something this bizarre, empowering attorneys general and the president of the United States, go, you know what? Justify your price increases. And do you really think that you're going to be able to satisfy a committed progressive with any rationale? Well, the cost of production has gone way up. The cost of shipping has gone way up. The cost of refinement. The economic uh, costs of 
environmental compliance and regulations to things that are ridiculous that you people force on us have caused this to go up. Do you really think that's going to fly? Do you think they're going to let that fly? No, they'll drag them out into the public square and flog them. They'll do their... You notice you don't have any press conferences with Democrats in front of gas price signs anymore, right? When there's a Republican president, there was always a Democrat in front of a gas station going, look at these prices, this is ridiculous. Now it's... The president can do very little about the cost of, of gasoline. Yet they're introducing legislation to address the cost of lead, of gasoline. Uh, it sounds like you think the president could do an awful lot to address the cost of gasoline. They know he can't, but they want to be seen as caring. Perhaps one of the greatest scams of all time. Nancy Pelosi's out there. Let's listen to Nancy Pelosi talk about this. She is very concerned about price gouging. She's not. But she talked about it. Price gouging needs to be stopped. This is a major exploitation of the consumer because this is a, a, a product the, the consumer must have. Again, the, the Putin tax hike at the pump is a part of this. <laughs> she doesn't even know her own talking points. That's what's amazing. She doesn't even know what the hell she's talking about. Again, the Putin tax cut or price hike, which, which is it? Is Putin offering people a tax cut? What the hell? How is that possible? Does not compute. She is a talking points machine. The truth is not her friend, just as the mirror is not. And so she ignores it. She creates her own reality and lives in it. And boy, howdy, there are a few politicians as uh, committed to the game as Nancy Pelosi. She can look right at you and tell you that it is a bright, sunny day while it is raining outside, while you're standing in the rain outside. Sadly, the real problem comes in in that there's a constituency in the United States that will go, oh, then it must. why am I having this umbrella? I must get rid of this umbrella. And they'll throw away their umbrella and get completely soaked and wonder what happened. They're called Democrats. They're that dumb. I uh, I want to read you something here that I found absolutely fascinating. Because if you're sitting at home and you're watching Congress the other day go, uh, hey, we've got to vote for uh, funding for Ukraine. They're all mad at, at Rand Paul because he, he used Senate procedure to delay the vote on $40 billion. And it's, it's bizarre and it's a sad commentary on where we are as a society and where we are as a government. That $40 billion is looked at as not that big of a deal. It's not that much money. It's not that much money because of what we've done over the last 30 years, but more than that, what we've done in the past three years, just setting gigantic piles of money on fire in the name of COVID relief, name of COVID relief. But $40 billion for Ukraine is a pretty big amount of money for a corrupt government. And uh, for a proxy war with Russia, I don't wish Russia well, that's for sure. But I don't really want to have to keep like at what point do we expect somebody else to stand up? What point do we expect Ukraine to stand up for themselves? How how much money are we going to spend on this? And if you listen to the Lindsey Grahams and the Democrats of the world, 
And the Mitch McConnell, there's nothing more important. Mitch McConnell said the other day, the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. It's bipartisan stupid. It's not the most important thing going on in the world right now. But uh, Rand Paul said, let's take some time and read this piece of legislation. The House of Representatives was given like 35 seconds to read a $40 billion supplemental funding bill for Ukraine. And every single Democrat looked at that and said, this is cool. And every single Republican, except for 57 of them, said, yeah, no, you guys are right. This is cool. And voted in favor of it. Well, you would think that the uh, pro-peace, anti-war, love everybody, just get along group of goons over there on the left known as the squad would have some kind of issue with this. They don't. They uh, granted they want to spend a ton of money, but they want to spend a ton of money in this country. They want to spend a ton of money giving their voters our money so that they can maintain power. Well, they've all been silent pretty much, These the ultra-left on their vote, because they all voted uniformly for $40 billion for Ukraine. Only one of them released a statement, and this is, this is Cori Bush, Congresswoman from St. Louis. Yeah, she's uh, done a horrible job for a district that was run into the ground by Democrats. They said, well, let's elect this Democrat. And they're like, okay, each time they elect a new Democrat, it's somebody who hates the country more. And they seem to have reached the peak with Cori Bush. But she'll get reelected because identity politics and party politics. This is the way it works. Anyway, she released a statement on the funding for Ukraine. Now, it's very convoluted. See if you can follow along, because she's anti-war. She wants to spend the money here. She really wants to spend the money on her, on people who with skin color who look like hers. That's her priority, and she doesn't like anybody who doesn't have skin color like hers. But she's got to do what the party does. You want to talk about uh, all of these squad members if you just look at what they've said in the past, what they've done in the past, they would oppose this. They would be opposed to this. But to make Joe Biden look good, to help the party, they had to do this uniformly. And so like good little soldiers, they did exactly what they were told and they got in line. They're not proud of the vote, I don't think. They're running away from it. But they're certainly not principled people that they portray themselves as voting for this. Bush statement, quote, this evening, I voted in support of the Ukraine supplemental aid package to provide assistance to Ukrainians who are resisting Russian aggression with a historic amount of resolve and unrelenting resilience. God wrote this thing. As the murderous Putin regime desperately accelerates its brutality in Ukraine, my vote today was one to strengthen the Ukrainian people's fight against oppression and tyranny. All people deserve their right to self-determination. As this conflict progresses, its ramifications will spread beyond Ukraine. She's sounding like Lindsey Graham here. She's sounding like a right-wing warmonger, isn't she? A neocon. <clears throat> Indeed, many of the countries rely on Russia and Ukraine for a significant percentage of their wheat, fertilizer, and vegetable oil imports. <laughs> This bill directly responds to this looming crisis by providing $4.35 billion to provide emergency food assistance to people around the world suffering from hunger as a result of this conflict in Ukraine. Isn't that nice? 
Did you know that? Did you know that we were spending $4.35 billion to feed the rest of the world? Can't get baby formula in this country. But don't worry, the people of, uh, I don't know, Eastern European bloc country A will have the ability to fry their foods because we will send them vegetable oil. Unbelievable. Similarly, the legislation provides crucial funding for refugee resettlement and diplomatic support. We are now becoming the adoptive parents of every Ukrainian on the planet, apparently. Recently, I introduced the Energy Security and Independence Act to build renewable energy capacity using the Defense Production Act. Don't you love that? We want to just basically, she's introduced a piece of legislation that will force, not empower, the power is already there, but will force the government to seize private companies' operations and force them to do things that they want, things that won't work, but things that the leftists want. I urge the Biden administration to utilize the authorized $600 million to invest in renewable energy and heat pumps to help lower utility prices for American families and create reliable energy sources. Now, wait a second. Why in the hell does a Ukraine war funding supplemental bill contain $600 million in renewable energy and uh, heat pumps? Because that's how government works. See? Additionally, at $40 billion, this is an extraordinary amount of military assistance. It's not all. It's about $33 billion is what Ukraine's going to get, and the rest is liberal pork projects. A large percentage of which will go directly to private defense contractors. Well, what did you think you were doing? What did you think you were voting for? In the last year alone, the United States will have provided Ukraine with more military aid than any country in the last two decades, and twice as much military assistance as the yearly cost of war in Afghanistan, even when American troops were on the ground. So what is she arguing here? She just opened up her statement saying, let's do the, I'm in, for, in favor of this. We must help the people of Ukraine. And now she's saying a good chunk of this money, it's really just going to rich defense contractors. You know, people like the defense secretary used to work for Raytheon. They're going to get people like, you know, I imagine a lot of members in Congress have, uh, have stock in these defense contractors. Just saying. The sheer size of the package, given an already inflated Pentagon budget, should not go without critique. I remain concerned about the increased risk of direct war and the potential for direct military confrontation. If you're worried about the size of the package, and if you're worried about the results of passing this package, why did you vote for it? Why did you vote? Because $4.3 billion dollars? About one ten percent of it will go to feed the rest of the world. As long as Americans aren't benefiting from this, I can get behind this piece of legislation. Or the six hundred million dollars to pay, like people in St. Louis, pay for their heat and their air conditioning because Biden's administration and Democrat policies have made it too expensive and ruined the economy of St. Louis, so they can't get a job to take care of themselves. So as long as it does that, as long as it throws a little bit, that. It's like the mafia, Don, going, you know what? As long as we get our 10%, I don't care. 
as long as we get our 10%, we won't burn down your restaurant. Give us your 10, give us the 10% and uh, you will be protected. Give us 10% of a $40 billion expenditure on things that she cares about. And Cori Bush will be down with that cause. The squad will be down with that cause. She finishes her statement. This moment of crisis demands that we respond to the looming humanitarian and and climate catastrophe with clear goals. What the hell does Ukraine have to do with climate catastrophe? It doesn't, but they snuck money in there to buy people off. This is how Nancy Pelosi was able to get this bill through. This is why Rand Paul said, let's wait a while on this. Let's go through the procedures. The billions in funding for food security and humanitarian relief are important steps towards achieving that outcome, as are the bill's substantive actions to directly aid the Ukrainian people in their fight against Putin's authoritarianism. She voted for it because of a small percentage of it. She doesn't really seem to have much faith in the mission of the piece of legislation, but she's going to do it anyway. And Rand Paul is the problem because he said, let's wait a week so we can actually read this piece of legislation and see what's in it rather than passing by unanimous consent. Let's actually take a couple of days and look at this thing's still going to pass because every Democrat will be in line because they get, you know, 10 percent to their pals, more like 12 percent to their pals. And a lot of Republicans will be for it because they're stupid. They can't articulate a message against dumping $40 billion there without any strings attached or any accountability. And or their donor base get it, likes it, whatever it is. It's kind of a sad commentary. We are like, well, let's just keep dumping money on it. Let's, $40 billion is nothing to sniff at. You want to do that inside of a week? You want to do that inside of a week? The original ask from the White House was just over $30 billion, about $33 billion, like I said. That's what they wanted for Ukraine. The rest of it is Pelosi going, well, we've got an opportunity here to get some more money to our our friends. And we've got to, to buy off some of our allies and make sure that we get a unanimous vote because we need to show unity in an election year. Well, that's great. If you gather all of the top officers, the lead officers of the Titanic on the bridge as that ship goes down, you've really shown some unity there, haven't you? That's essentially what they're doing here. It's amazing there's no push. Where is the left, Uh, like the ultra left, the, the people that the Democrats are supposedly deathly afraid of, the reason they've gone so radical or so they say they're trying to appease these people? Are they all in favor of spending $40 billion on this? Or are they just happy that they're going to get their slice of the uh, $4.35 billion that the government that Nancy Pelosi is going to be able to break off for them? I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to watch. Damaging to the country, but interesting to watch. And I guess when you're, they're going to damage the country either way, I suppose you just kind of look at interesting to watch as, well... At least it's something. If somebody's going to steal your stuff, they could at least, you know, step on a rake on the way out and and break their nose and you can laugh at them. You at least have that going for you. Not much, but it's something. 
I, I'd like to point out at this point in the show that I am a heartless bastard. There's no doubt about that. There's no question. When it comes to people breaking the law, when it comes to people being violent, when it, I don't have any sympathy for whatever happens to them. When it comes to the leftist mob blocking traffic, I am... Um, and then oh, somebody they lay down, they jump in front of a car and the car doesn't have time to stop. And they roll up on the hood and they roll over and, oh, they hurt their arm. I don't care. I honestly don't care. I, I am, you know, one of those people who says, you know, send in the snow plows. If you're going to block the streets, you, you're prepared for this, right? You've got these idiot leftists, James Cromwell, who uh, you, if you saw a picture of him, you'd recognize him. Hollywood actor. He played uh, Dr. Zephram Cochran in uh, Star Trek First Contact. He was the, the farmer in Babe. If you saw him, you'd know him. He's been in a ton of stuff. He glued himself to a, a counter at Starbucks in Manhattan the other day, I think it was, because he was protesting that they're charging more for vegan milk. Just all of this stupid stuff. And you just sit there and you go, these people... Somebody needs to, you know, I'm not in favor of child abuse. I'm not in favor of violence. But every once in a while, you kind of understand why it comes about and how it happens. There is, uh, Andy No tweeted this out. Other people have tweeted this out. It is a group of three young black men, two are men, one's a woman, thieves, goons, ripping off a... Uh, a CVS in Fresno, California. Now, it just happens to be them. You can see footage of the last few days, last week. There's been, like, sunglass huts and, and eyeglass factories being ripped up. People going in these stores. And the employees just kind of sit there and watch as these people smash these windows and they grab everything in the showcase. And uh, they casually pack it into the bags that they brought in there. And they walk out with it. The employees are filming this. Because the stupid corporate policy is don't do anything to try to prevent it. Now, are these idiots packing guns? It wouldn't completely surprise me. They're dumb people, and dumb people do dumb things. They're criminals, and criminals do criminal things. But <clears throat> I can't help but think, and this is uh, where it's a good thing I'm not in this situation or not a decision maker, but you sit there and you watch this and you go, uh, there was some woman the other day ripping off sunglasses she smashed the case and then take out every well she was in there for a long time it takes a while because you don't want to damage the merchandise you're going to steal and the hockey player in me was like if you just ran up and hip checked this broad into the into the glass case into the shelves she, she would be damaged she would probably be unconscious at a minimum you know you'd mess her up and you'd be able to get her arrested and I promise you, she would remember that. She probably wouldn't commit that crime again. If you took a baseball bat to the legs of some of these idiots, if you just walk in, they're, they're sitting there, they're stuffing their liquor into the bags, and you come around the corner with a big old Louisville slugger, and you just kneecap one or two of them, and then you get the hell away in case they're packing heat or whatever, they're going to, at a minimum, the security footage would be well worth it watching them sort of crawl out of the store. But how screwed up our society is, is if you worked there at the store, you'd be fired immediately. My God, how could you do that? You hurt one of our customers. <laughs> Frankly, in California, the only people seemingly going into drugstores are the criminals. 
And once they're arrested, the left-wing prosecutors in these jurisdictions would not prosecute them. They'd drop charges. They would go after you. You In an unprovoked attack on these people, you would get prosecuted. And then these thugs, these goons who are out there committing these crimes, they'd get a lawyer. Ben Crump would come out and go, I'm going to sue... Not only that person who hit them, but the store who employed them and every shareholder. And they would end up getting rich. So you want to know why you sit there and you go, what's wrong with our society? And you watch these people. And maybe every once in a while you have the thought like I do. It's like maybe maybe we have lived, survived long enough as a society. If we're not going to put a stop to this and putting a stop to this would mean you get in trouble for putting a stop to this. Maybe we have outlived our usefulness. Just maybe. Looking at the news here, yeah, inflation. Inflation is costing, according to CNBC, costing the average U.S. household an extra $311 a month. And you wonder why Democrats are running around panicked. $311 a month extra. That's on average. Some people, if you've got a bigger family, you're obviously paying a lot more. If you've got a smaller family, then you go, well, should have had more abortions. Democrats will stand outside your house and tell you. It's just uh, amazing how disinterested this administration is in the things that are of interest to the American people. Nobody wants to see people die in Ukraine, but I don't think it's the most pressing issue in the country, yet that's what our government is focused on right now. We have a baby formula shortage, and what do you have right now? You got eh, the president finally got around to talking about it the other day. They did an event at the White House that was closed to press. That was how serious they are about this thing. They don't know, we don't want to draw any attention to it. The first time the president has anything to do with the baby formula shortage is a private event in the White House where press is barred. The issue was brought up with Ginger Goebbels on her last day. She'll be missed by somebody somewhere. And uh, she said, she claims they've been on this. Oh, we've been on this thing for a long time. If they... Listen to this clip and ask yourself this question. Why? If th- this is the best they could come up with. They, they focus group this. They, they tested this message. And this is the message they came up with. And you see, they're going, what the hell are you talking about? Like, they, Ginger Goebbels says in this clip, and I will miss that nickname, Ginger Goebbels, by the way. Uh, she says in this clip that the Biden administration is not only on this thing, like white on rice, that they have been on this issue for months. And you have to think, if you've been on this issue for a long time, and it's this bad, like 43% of stories, like there's a 43% drop, in, you can't find it. If, if you, this is you on it. You guys suck. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. When will parents be able to get the formula they need? What is your best sense of when store shelves will be stocked again? Well, I think it's also important to note that the reason we're here is because the FDA took a step to ensure that babies were uh, taking safe formula. There were babies who died from taking this formula, so they were doing their jobs. We have been working, this administration has been working for weeks now to address in anticipation of where we thought there could be shortages. Uh, We have also seen uh, an increase over the last four weeks of uh, supply available, which hasn't been an increase over the four weeks prior to the recall. 
all. That is a good sign. But obviously the steps the president took today are an acknowledgement and a recognition that more needs to be done, that we do not want parents, mothers, families out there to be stressed and worried about feeding their babies. That is why the president today had conversations with the CEOs of Walmart and Target, why he had conversations with Reckitt and Gerber about efforts to increase production, why we're taking steps to ensure that we are uh, making a, 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 we are uh, making WIC dollars available to a range of other supplies. So we're working. We're seeing increases over the last couple of weeks. More needs to be done. We're going to cut every element of red tape we can cut. We're going to work with manufacturers. We're going to import more uh, to expedite this as quickly as possible. Why is he meeting with the CEOs of Walmart and Target? They don't manufacture baby formula. They sell it. Are they they implying that Walmart and Target are sitting on secret massive storage units filled with baby formula creating this problem? You know what? Will you guys please release all the formula you have? All right. You caught us. It was a joke. It was a joke. We're just kidding. We were wondering how long it would take you to notice that we'd rented out all those you know, storage units and filled them with baby formula. Okay, we'll bring them back to market. I, I don't understand that one. But you heard her there say, we have been on this. We have been on this. And more needs to be done. If you've been on this for months... That's what she said. That's Ginger Goebbels' word. That is the official word out of the White House. If that is you on it right now, led us to this. And so you're saying you're redoubling your efforts or you're going to do you're going to do this. You're going to. To me, it sounds like it reminds me of the sanctions against Putin and Russia and the oligarchs, which never really did anything. They didn't really have any teeth. They went after some people, but they didn't go after the people who were paying Hunter. They didn't go after Putin's inner circle. And after every time Putin and Russia did something more horrible than the last time they'd done something, what happened? Well, the Biden administration came out and they announced that they're going to push for even more sanctions. And even more sanctions. And you're sitting there going, at some point, don't you, shouldn't you be out of, of sanctions to, if you're serious? Because every time they come out and say, we're really making hard uh, hard for them to exist, we're really hammering, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing the other thing. And you're like... If you're doing everything you can, then how come you keep coming up with new things to do? How does that work? How do you come up with new things to do if you're doing everything you can? If the Biden administration has been on this thing for months, making sure that this problem doesn't blah, 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 and the problem has done nothing but blah, blah, blah. It's done nothing but get worse. So you're going to do more things now, like, well, what do you mean you're going you're gonna to do more things? If you've been on this problem from the beginning, why weren't you doing everything you could do? Why weren't you doing everything available? If you're in a war, you don't want you don't uh, now a better analogy. There's a comedian. I forget who it was. It was a long time ago, and they had this great thing of, like, Somebody would died, and they said, well, they, they said that so-and-so died, and they were penniless. And uh, people were saying, oh, that's a tragedy. That's a tra-. This comedian was like, that sounds like perfect timing to me. Like, that's what you want to do is you want to, like, spend the last that you have, and then you're dead. And then they went on to say, I think it was the same person said, I hope that my last check bounces. Like, that's what I want to happen. If you're doing everything you can do, 
like they say they are, they should have nothing to be able to do. And if they do have things that they can do, like you heard Ginger Goebbels there, say, well, we're going to ramp it up, we're going to step it up and do X, Y, or Z now. We're really on this, and we're talking to the manufacturers. And you're sitting there going, why the hell weren't you talking to the manufacturers two months ago? Three months ago. It's been going on since February. Why haven't you been talking to them from the beginning? Why didn't you anticipate? Is there nobody in the staff who could anticipate that shutting down the biggest baby food factory in the United States of America might have an impact on the supply of baby food, especially at a time when you can't get items off the docks in Los Angeles or even the East Coast now? And all the supply comes from Asia? Maybe that's good lead to problems? Yeah, but don't worry. They're on it. Boy, howdy. Ronald Reagan was on to something when he said the most terrifying words in the English language were, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> Man. Uh, but don't worry. Joe Biden's on it. Ginger Goebbels, ladies and gentlemen, as she goes out uh, flailing around the way she came in, full of it. Surprised her hair isn't brown. She's that full of it. Okay, that's about enough for today, I must say. I do believe, I do declare, we've uh, spent a little over an hour together. Oh, I've got business to attend to, those of you tuning in, just to find out whether or not you won the autographs this week. It was Brian Kilmeade, Bookplate, versus Brad Thor. Well, I mean, it depends on if you wanted the Brian... It's actually good news for everybody. So if you wanted the Brian Kilmeade Bookplate... I still have another one that I'll break out in a couple of weeks or whatever. So there. That means that the Brian Kilmeade book plate autograph was won by Kathy Young, which is a name I can't mispronounce unless it's unless the Y is silent. Kath Young. But uh, congratulations. Check your Patreon messages. Your uh, I need your address, and I'll ship that out to you. A-S-A-F-P. Uh, that means Brad Thor is the returning champion. He will be back to take on a new challenger. Haven't given away one of his books before, but it's a great book. And you've probably seen him all over Fox News. Professor Wilfred Riley. He has a, this is his first book, Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. It is a great book. He's a good guy. He, this is, I've had this since he was in uh, studio back in the old Daily Caller video interviews on Friday days. So check that out. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Enter there. Sign up to support the show and all that. For those of you who have been emailing me, what about locals? What about other platforms? I This week, I believe I will be able to look into locals. And if I can figure, it, it can't be that hard because I have friends who have locals pages that upload things. Although they upload videos. I don't think anybody wants to see me do a video. But uh, I'd have to put on pants. But uh, I will check into it. If it's as easy as it seems, then I can start doing both. So those of you who don't who hate Patreon, and I don't blame you for hating Patreon, it was picked out of convenience and ease of use. You can have a separate. We can do both for a while and see what fleshes out. So thanks to everybody for that and the patience and all of that good stuff. Um, God, I can't believe my daughter, my eldest child turns five this week, this weekend. It, uh, I remember the day she was born. I was absolutely terrified. I'll tell the story. Maybe I'll tell the story on uh, Friday's podcast of her birth because, or maybe, maybe Monday. I don't know. I'll do it. It's fine. I can make it funny. Like birth is 
gross. Oh, it's the beauty of life. Now it's gross. I did not want to see a damn thing. I almost, I was tempted to sleep through it, except I wasn't a total narcoleptic because I went to the hospital at like 6.30 in the morning and the kid wasn't born till almost midnight. What a mess. Nobody ever get excited about your first kid's birth. It just doesn't, it takes forever, forever. Anyway, she's turning five. I, I do feel old. I do feel old, but people said that this, this time will fly by. It'll just zip by. It'll, it feels like five years. I will say it feels like it's a great five years. It seems like a quick five years, but I remember all the diapers, and now she's, like, terrified of uh, thunderstorms and lightning. I mean, it's my fault. She asked about lightning. She asked about thunderstorms, and she wouldn't shut up about it. She wouldn't stop. After you ask her, answer a question, she asked the same question. And so I, uh, I showed her. It's my fault. I showed YouTube videos of lightning strikes, and now she's terrified that if it's going to rain, there's going to be a thunderstorm, there's going to be lightning, and lightning's coming to get her. It's out to get her personally. So when it rains, it, uh, it pours in the Hunter household. Probably, like I said, my fault. But damn it, the things you'll do for a moment of peace. Just a moment of peace. Here, watch these horrible videos while I just try to relax for a minute, okay? Anyway, I appreciate you all listening. Appreciate the support. Have a wonderful start to the week. We'll get to the end of it together, and I swear to God it will be better. Have a great one. 